The message you're about to listen to is a recording from God's favorite house. It is our prayer that you listen, your life will be transformed, and you will be taken to greater heights in your walk with Jesus. Amen. God bless you as you listen to this message.
God is not just spoken to be heard, it is what? Spoken to be spoken. God has his ways, the way he behaves, his mode of operation. And if you go through the Bible, and if you understand these things, then your life becomes easy. You don't struggle. Right? So he gave us provisions of redemption as Christians. The blood of Jesus is a provision of redemption, right? And it gives us access. So with every provision of redemption, there's a condition attached to it. Right? Do you understand what I'm saying? Righteousness is a gift. You can't earn it. It's a free gift. It brings us into what? Alignment. Right? The Holy Ghost must be asked for as a provision of redemption. He said, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to them that ask? So this is the most powerful song. I love it. Because when we say, Spirit of grace, we welcome you. You know how we ask? We ask by calling him his names. There's a protocol for inviting the Holy Ghost. You, inv- you invoke, sorry, invoke him <laughs> by calling him his names. He said, and the spirit of the Lord shall fall upon you. The spirit of wisdom and understanding. The spirit of counsel and might. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. There's a protocol. So the Holy Ghost must be what? Asked for. Listen, power, power must be paid for. It's a protocol, it's simple. Power is paid for what? It's paid for by obedience and commitment. It's very simple. Any form of power. So I'm going to take this song again. And, and, and the reason I want to explain this is so you know. When we sing it, when I say spirit of grace, shout almighty God. Shout it. From the, from the depths of your being, we welcome you. It's not something you look at your neighbor and you smile about. No, it's something you invoke. So, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils, and man became another speaking spirit. He said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He said, and the spirit of God moved over the face of the waters. There was, it was without form, three conditions, three pre-existent conditions pre-existing conditions were on the earth. One, it was without form, which means there was no shape, there was no direction. Two, it was empty. I don't know how empty you feel this morning. (laughs) The third one was darkness was upon the face. Three pre-existing conditions. He said, but the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the water. So when we say Spirit of God, we welcome you. You are saying that, look, see my life. All you need to do is just hover, and I will be whole. All you need to do is just flutter. The word hover means to flutter, to brood. And it is done in preparation for the word of God. Remember, that sound creates light. That all you need is what? Light. So let's start slowly. Spirit of God. Now let me lead. Because I want to invoke him. Spirit of God, we welcome you. stay dead. 
church and, and someone and, and we just you know when you start leading worship and there's a spiritual battle dimension to it and we started to sing for death could not hold him captive even in the grave And, and, and I got over and a friend called me from the U.S. said that there, there was issues with her, I think her baby, and maybe she was pregnant. I can't remember the exact story. And um, it was like maybe the baby was having issue. Now, there's a dimension of the Holy Ghost where you lay hands on people and they fall under the anointing. There's a dimension where the word of God is sent <laughs> and it heals them, right? So we opened the Bible and we said, bless the Lord. <laughs> oh my soul and all I says, hold, hold your tummy and say, I command this baby to bless the Lord. And I command this body. <laughs> so it's, it sounds like, I command my hands to bless the Lord. I command my mind to bless the Lord. Looking for a child, say, I command my womb to bless the Lord. Oh, be that. You understand what I'm saying? They did not burn it well. Because it said, Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. The operative word there is all, which means anything that cannot bless the Lord cannot stay. It's a command. Anything that cannot bless the Lord cannot stay. So you declare the place a blessed territory. She is, the child is two or something, three today. Spirit of light, we welcome
specific questions in this house in the name of Jesus. Receive all of the praise for in Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Lift up your right hand and say I am rooted and grounded in love. I experience and I show to everyone the love of Christ that goes beyond the existing knowledge. I am complete with the content of God. Everything that is inside God is inside of me. I declare the eternal counsel of God through this holistic biblical approach. My heart is ready. My soul is willing. My lips say the same thing as God. I do not say anything that God does not say. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.
trials. Timely. So we don't sleep here. God bless you. I'm so excited to be here. Uh, every time the Holy Ghost takes over, it doesn't take the shape that I expect. Because the Holy Ghost is here. Huh? So I told you that this week I'll be able to tell you certain things because I told you certain things last time. Right? So I'm going to sort of do a small recap. Well, it might sound like a recap. It might not. But you know, the Holy Ghost is new every morning. So messages are new every morning. So I'm going to then take it from there. So, so there's this series I like watching called Chosen. It's amazing. It's like an app. It's the story of Jesus. It's amazing. amazing. I cry every episode, like once or twice. <laughs> That's when I know that God has really worked on my heart. <laughs> uh, it's amazing. So I was watching an episode this week, and it was about Mary Magdalene. And they, they, they created a backstory to her. And if you, if you take time like me to study the backstory of scripture through some other books, uh, you'll know that those people had lives that the Bible did not record, right? And they tried to keep the scriptural part very, very consistent, and I love that. And the story started with a quote from Isaiah 43. I think that my weak point is the Bible, I don't cry over anything except worship and the Bible. Nothing. Nothing, nothing is worth it. And, um, and I think that that's the life of faith. <laughs> Where the word of God should be enough. Do you hear what I said? The word of God should be what? No matter how emotional you get. If you want to go far, no matter how angry you get, Listen to me, no matter how in love you are, no matter how fine he is or fine she is, no matter how money butterflies they give you or how many, whatever, the word of God should be what? Enough. Which means if God says that there's no road there, there's no road there. And for me, that's the way it's always been. I remember the morning I lost my dad uh, almost 10 years ago now, I think, was it? I think, yeah. I I went back. I was in. Ah, well, it wasn't ten years ago now. Twenty, almost twenty. Simeo, even myself, I've been married for almost ten years. I can't remember ten years ago. So, <laughs> so I went back to my house, and I was. I put on the radio at the time. I think it was a CD player. And the thing that came on was the John Peaky. Those of us that are old school musicians, you know John Peaky. And he was singing Sovereign. And the words of Sovereign say that my God will do what he wants to whenever he wants to. He is God. Now, now for those of you that worry about hearing God, the Bible says that my sheep hear my voice, which means that there's a condition and there's a solution straight. If you are my sheep, you will hear my voice. It's not your role to speak. It's not your role to determine whether you hear. It's mine. I've created something inside you 
that is longing to hear my voice. And the minute you hear it, you know. So if you've ever heard God here, you know that even if it's, it's through a voice or through newspaper, it pulls at your heart like this and takes away your peace. Right? So if you are heading in the wrong direction, it just pulls. And you know at that point, it's like, I always like to use marriage because that's something that we can relate to. You know, you guys have done introduction. People are smiling because they know. You have done introduction, you have proposed, done introduction, and the whole family, they are bought a shoebi. <laughs> and then God just sends his word. Remember I said there's no such thing as a good or a bad message. There's what? A sent message. He sends his word to deliver you. Ah! And the thing just tools you. But you did the way with the price that should be now. <laughs> Why you not talk that time? You did there when they, they propose now. When Mr. Like they say yes, you did there now. He has messed it up. Oh yeah, what next? You go on because you say, what will people say? This is the thing that God probably does not like the most. I don't say hate for God because there's no darkness in him. But this is one of the things that God that you can't work with God if you are not delivered from people. You understand what I'm saying? That's why Saul's punishment was heavy. Took the kingdom from him. It was heavy not because God is wicked, but because if you cannot listen to me over people, there's no point. Let's not start. And so the voice of God pulls it out. And then you go, you marry someone else, and 20 years later you see that this guy killed the woman he married. You say, ah, Alagbara be around. You understand that he that sees the end from the beginning. So the word of God must be enough. So I went to choir rehearsals after the morning my dad died. And I was sitting and, and they came, come on, go out of here. I said, no, but I'm not mourning again. He was ill in the hospital for a, a, few, a while. I mourned. I knew he was going, I mourned. Right? Is it all right that I'm not mourning again, or do you want me to go back into mourning? The word of God has entered my spirit and fired me up. It's enough. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. It's beyond depression, though. There's something else there. Isaiah 43, 1 says, fear not. It says, God says the Lord God to Israel, to Jacob, the one who formed you, to Israel, the one who created you. He said what? Fear not. Aye. If you are afraid and you hear fear not, and it's God that sent that fear not to you, you will understand. He said fear not. He said for I have redeemed you. That means I have bought you back. He said for I have redeemed, today I'm preaching the love of God. Eh? He said for I have redeemed you. He said I have called you by name. The last part is what brought tears to my eyes. He said, you are mine. <laughs> Which means that you belong to me. First of all, it means that your koboko is not in anybody's hand. <laughs> eh? No matter what you've done, where you've been, your koboko is not in anybody's hand. So why are you trying to impress people? One of my greatest, apart from my hearing, one of my greatest assets is that, in, like my father, I'm not a respecter of persons. 
Yeah, I respect people. Yes, I honor them. But once God has spoken, it's over. There's nothing you can do. Juju will not work. I'm Ijebu. Juju from Ijebu will not work. Why? Because God has spoken. It's over. He sees the end from the beginning. He has spoken. So, so that word spiraled me. So I said, you are going to God's favorite house. Okay, let me show you another dimension. So these things I'm preaching, I've never preached anywhere before. He said, let me show you another dimension in this love. So he started from the beginning again. And so I'll paint a picture. And every time I think about it, it just brings tears to my eyes again that, behold, what manner of love the Father has given unto us. It's amazing. So man was perfect and in alignment with God until he fell. I mean, like I said, man was so perfect that God called him to name all the animals. Do you know what a risk that was? What if we called Lagido the woman? Trouble. What if that happened? In trouble. Because it was another speaking spirit, remember? I was telling them some church I went to preach last week that a father is another speaking spirit over his kids. Right? And I will explain that a bit. What if he called the lion a monkey? What if he messed it up? He was in, but, but God knew he was in perfect what, alignment. And then he fell. And then that love relationship was broken. Now, let me say this, and I, I want us to agree on a few things. Charles, are you timing me? From then on, every single story in the Bible was about love and redemption. Not some. Every single story. Even the ones that seemed like they went to war. Right? They were a type and a shadow of love and redemption. They were a tapestry. Right? Or they were a thread in the tapestry of God's love and his willingness to redeem us. Every single thing he did was for love. He did it for love. He did it for love. Every single thing, and I'm not joking, God did. He did it for what? Love. And everything was to culminate in this great story of love. Jesus coming to die for us. But there were many love stories in the Bible. Many, many, many. So the Bible says God is love. Right? And he said in him there's light and there's no darkness. Right? And when he says there's no shadow of turning, think about it. Every light must cast a shadow. Light must cast shadow. But God is so bright that his light doesn't cast a shadow. That means there's no, there's no, there's no dead area. There's, shad- there's light everywhere coming from every dimension. That means the light is coming from here, 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 so that there's no shadow cast at all. You know what that means? It means that you and I have to agree that everything God does is for love and there's no darkness in him. We have to agree before we continue that God cannot hate. You know, Pastor Femi is like is like a mentor, but he's more like an elder brother to me. 
I, we've been to, we've been in two churches together over the last 30 years, long time serving in the same church. And let me tell you that the man I knew when I was three years old and then went, and then went to the same secondary school, right? but of course not in the same time. So I know all his siblings. So some of the siblings, maybe I, I caught them towards the end of their stay. So he was not, of course, he wasn't my mate. <laughs> so we used to look at him from afar. The man I knew then is the same man I know today. We had the same pastor, escort, right? He's the same man I know today. In fact, I always tease him that he will not even add weight so that he can change. Such a consistent character is hard to find. I introduced him. So there are some pastors that we're friends, all of us, Pastor Godman, Pastor, we're friends, we're in a group. And I introduced him to some other pastors two weeks ago, just before he left. <laughs> and the pastor said, you know, because me, I'm an itinerant. Eh? <laughs> He's just minding his business. The pastor said, you are Femi Mune. He's like Paul. You know, have you heard of Paul? Big voice, small man. So when they saw Paul in the Bible, if you, he said, it's you that have been writing all these letters. You. He said, ah, such humility. Look, let me tell you. And I'll tell you why I'm going down this line. Humility is not in bending your head. Right? Let me tell you. Let me explain it to you. <laughs> the Bible says, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. The meek shall inherit the earth. Don't forget that. Write it down. It will save your life. It will change your money. Because the earth, remember, is, God's, is the container of God's resources. Not the world. The world is the system that governs the distribution of the resources. The earth is what? Is the container of the resources. Crude oil, talent, everything that's raw is the earth. Jesus now said the meek shall inherit the earth. Now, two things. And this is why I went to Pastor Femi. Meekness is not weakness. You right? You have a meek pastor. When God gives you a meek pastor, it means that some of you are proud. I'm serious. He wants you to learn. Because you won't be here forever. He wants you to learn. I'll say the truth. Okay? Meekness is power under control. Give me one small sister in the choir. Small. Someone, someone that's small. Come. Who is small? Come, come. Let me show you something. Uh, let me, let, come, come up, so I'll show you. Now, let's imagine that, you see, you see what I'm saying now? You, you have gotten my point. 
Let's imagine I pull her hair and I drag her. I don't advocate for women, so I can't even touch her. I'm afraid. Now, I don't advocate for beating women. Now, she says to me, I'm warning you. You better stop this. If I slap you now. She even shakes. Her mouth cannot take it. It's because I'm meek. She's not meek. If she slapped me, she will never try it again. <laughs> now, let's imagine it was reversed the other way around. Slap my head. <laughs> Since I don't have hair. <laughs> and she runs away. Or she stands. And I'm, Now, you know that if I say to her, Be careful. And you know, I don't need to shout, I just say, be careful. You know, there's a difference in the aura, right? Thank you. Meekness means, wait, wait, I'm not done. No, no, you can go. Wait. Meekness means what I can do in my power, I refuse to do in my wisdom. It means what I can do, I have the ability to do. Because power is dunamis, the ability. Right? I refuse to do in my wisdom. You have a meek pastor. A man that will not fight for himself, that will not speak his mind. But God fights for him. That's why men like Moses that were meek, God fought for them. In fact, meekness is one of the ways we, uh, we, we invite God to fight for us. So if you're up against anything right now and it seems like they're bullying you, just leave it. And if it gets bad, come and see me. I'll show you scriptures that you use to finish all of them. Not good. So I'd like you to just take advantage of that. I'm saying this because, like I said, we were in the same church with Pastor Esco, and the man was ahead of his time. And for those that took for granted those things that the man was saying, they didn't understand today. But out of that man has come people like Nathaniel Bassi. That, no, no joke. Anything like that about Victoria Orenze. Out of that man, Pastor Femi Monet, myself, have come people like that. It just tells you that when there is a coagulation of the gifts of God in one place and God puts you there, right? He wants to do something in you. Let me show you. Jacob was serving Laban. I'm, I've not started, though, sorry. <laughs> Jacob was serving Laban. And then he, he was serving him for a woman. Seven years for a woman. Because she was beautiful. And at the end of the seven years, Laban gave him the tender-eyed one. Now, you know the Bible is poetic. When they say tender-eyed, you know what they mean. Yes, her beauty was uh, coming. <laughs> yeah, I didn't quite manifest it yet. Man woke up in the morning and saw the woman with weak features. 
wasn't. Ah! He said, okay, I'll serve you again for this one. Why? Laban needed to keep him for two reasons. One, he couldn't release the younger before the older. But that was a by, a, a by the way reason. The main reason was what he said to Jacob. He said, I've learned by experience that the Lord has blessed my house because of you. If you read it in the Hebrew, except you read it in the Hebrew, you won't understand what happened. If you read it in the Hebrew, you will see it. It says, I have learned by divination. Not experience, though. That means pay motidifawo. I have learned by, by divination, which is occultism. I went and asked, and they said, this is the key, don't let him go. That's why Laban was so committed to cheating him. What did Jacob do? Jacob had the power. And this is where meekness comes in, to scatter everything. But meekness is what? What I can do in my power, I refuse to do in my wisdom. I leave it to God. Because if vengeance is mine, said the Lord, I will... Now, when God says he will avenge you, he doesn't mean that he will pay those people bad. No, that's your bad mind talking. No. It means I will repay you what was lost. Forget about those people. Do you understand? Forget about whether they... Do you understand? I will repay you. So Jacob left it to God, and then God gave him strategy. He said, okay, all these plain animals, let them come. And let them go through their birthing season. And he said to Laban, he said, whichever one gives birth to plain will be yours. Whichever one gives birth to specked and spotted will be mine. Laban started calculating X chromosome and Y chromosome. I said, Koburu, it's okay. Because Laban understood animal husbandry. That there's no way a lion can give birth to Lagido. So, they went to the water. He did not know that science and the Bible had a marriage that has been coming since. Even scientists are just discovering it. You know, they, a man plugged himself to an MRI. He plugged the pastor to an MRI, a scientist. And he said he should pray in the tongues. Right? And the pastor started praying in tongues. And you know what they noticed when he was praying in tongues? they noticed that the part of his brain that, con- that, that has to do with reasoning shut down. <laughs> the part of his brain that has to do with thinking logically and reasoning shut down. Why? Because he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not to men but to God. The Holy Ghost was praying. The science. Man. That's why Paul says, I will pray in the spirit, and then I will pray in my understanding. Now, when I come, I don't know what to pray, but I will pray in the spirit. When I pray in the spirit, then I will pray in my understanding. Because if you come, do you understand what I'm saying? And Jacob now went, took poplar and streaked it and spotted it. And then now took the animals to the river during their bathing season and put the spotted thing before them, right? Using the water as a mirror. And the Bible records that they gave birth to spotted and streaked. Why? Because we, with an open face, <laughs> beholding, we are changed. Because you will become eventually what you behold consistently. 
Do you hear what I said? You will become what? Eventually, what you behold consistently. Behold this man. Don't, let, don't play with it. He had no job Baba. The child that doesn't have a father will suffer. The worst thing is the child that has a father that is still suffering. It's a problem. We don't, I don't joke. I don't joke with my pastor. Right? So I want you to know. Okay. I just thought I needed to tell you that because you guys are in such a good place. Now, we agree that God is love and there's no darkness in him. Everything that happens to you that's bad is not God. That's what it means. Why? There's no darkness in him. There's just a process he has set in place in the universe. And every deficit you feel is a wisdom problem. It's not a God problem. You have to understand that. Every story that has been told you about God or that you've written about God or you've read about God in the Bible that says God did this and this destroyed them. He was acting out of love. It's hard, but I want you to get this concept. Because if you get this concept, your life will be easier and it will be easier for you to lay hold of it. So let's take God destroying the world with water. That was a, that was a love act. Why? Genesis 6.1 says that the sons of God saw the daughters of men. You know what was going on there? The sons of God, the angels, fallen angels, looked at the daughters of men and they saw that they were fair to look upon and they started to copulate with them and they gave birth to giants on the earth. It was abnormal. Go and read it well. It said the sons of God looked at the daughters of men that they were fair to look upon, and they started to give birth to giants on the earth. And remember that one man fell, right? God started to put in plan the place for a redeemer to come. And the devil was now trying to stop that plan with each story. And one of the major ways that he could stop that plan was to adulterate pure Adam's stock. Do you see where I'm going? One of the major ways was to adulterate man whom God had created and given. So the sons of men now started to have children with the, Adam, with the daughters of men. And as, of course, those children became very wicked. And the wickedness on the earth was plenty. And so God, now, I want to check, I think it's Genesis 9. I want to show you something about Noah. If you can get this, then we'll continue in the second service. Yes. Yes, he said, when men began to multiply on the earth, the sons of of the sons of God saw the daughters of men. He said, God saw their wickedness and their evil. Verse 7 says, And the Lord said, I will destroy man. And he repented the Lord. And he says, then, sorry, 6 verse 9. 
He says, these are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations. He was not a perfect man. Remember, Noah got drunk and slept with his daughter. So he wasn't a perfect man. But he was perfect in his genealogy. So I always say, when you read the Bible, read it you know, closely. So he says he was perfect in what? His generations or his genealogy. Which means Noah was the only one left that was pure Adam. You see why God had to destroy the earth and, and leave Noah? Love. So when they tell the story, the other way, say, God destroyed, you know, God destroyed the earth. What about all the human beings? They were not really human beings. <laughs> Do you understand? He said he was perfect in his generations. I'm saying this to buttress the point that everything God does, even when you see it and you think it's evil, it's what? Love. Let's go to Zachariah, the parents of John the Baptist. The angel came to Mary, told her, you are going to give birth, blah, blah. Mary said, you know. Then the angel came to Zachariah. Ah, when he finished with Zachariah, he said, ah, boy. This guy does not understand. Now, there are some things on the earth that God has to do that he will hold your hands and tie it because they are so systemically important, right? Now, they taught us in Bible school, if I catch that, my Sunday school teacher. They thought as in Bible that God punished Zachariah for his doubt. But it wasn't so. God is not Ahmad Yoha. It's not about Allah. It's not the wicked man in your village. No. He did it out of love. Why? Because when there was doubt that was sensed in Zachariah's heart, he knew that as another speaking spirit, this guy can wreck the destiny of this child. Let's take his speech away. of love and compassion. We need to take his speech away. When the child is manifested, give it back to him, just to prove that it's not a punishment. When the dream is manifested, give it back to him. So that he will not, another word, speaking spirit. Some of you have spoken it away. You need to speak it back now. Everything God does is what? Love. Everything. John the Baptist was in, in the cell after they had caught him. And he had spoken about the Messiah. They caught him. He was in the cell. And then he sent people to Jesus. He said, are you the one we are expecting? Because he was feeling dejected. Boy, he abandoned me. I'm not just his foreigner. I'm his cousin. He was getting emotional. Or should we expect another? What was Jesus' response? Nothing. He just increased the rate at which he will start to do miracles to show you that his mandate is what? People. Matthew eleven five says, very interesting, the poor were given, I don't want to read it. I want, I want you to see something in Matthew eleven five. Matthew eleven five. I couldn't go into the message deeply, but I'll go into it. I'll, I'll preach a different message in the second service. So it says the blind receive their sight. Eh? The lame, so, so after John, Jesus answered, said, go and show John these things. He didn't tell John, oh, John, you know how it is. 
They sent both of us six months of each other. My time was not come. He didn't explain anything to him. He just said, John, go, go and show John what you see. That the effect of this gospel is on what? People, remember I told you, any gospel that the effect is not on people is not the gospel. So he said, the poor, read it from verse 5, the blind received their sight, the lame walked, the lepers were cleansed, Say it now, the deaf, the dead, and the poor were given money. Which Bible are you reading? Can't you see it? The poor, which means the reason they were poor is that they didn't understand the gospel. Hello? Poverty can only subsist and exist in an atmosphere where the gospel is not understood. It's not poor in spirit, so please don't uh, spiritualize it. The word there is lack in the Greek. I need. <laughs> so he said to them, he said, if you are deaf, come here. I'm not preaching prosperity gospel. I'm telling you that the gospel is robust and complete. He said, if you are deaf, come here. If you are blind, come here. If you are dead, bring your dead here and raise them up. He said, if you are poor, go to Peter. He will preach the gospel to you. There's something wrong. You don't quite understand it. So you sit down and say, God, we don't have. God, you are looking at us. We don't have. God loves you. He doesn't even want you to be stressed, not to talk of lack. But he's saying, can I, can I reach you? So he said, the poor had the gospel preached to them. So what is the gospel? <laughs> this one I saw this week. It blew my mind. One fellow called Jesus to, te to test him. He said, Master, what is the greatest commandment? Now, that was a test. In, let me explain the setting in, in Hebrew, in the Greek, you know, in the Hebrew culture. Aramaic, which was the language God, Jesus spoke. Everybody knew that the Shema was the greatest commandment, Deuteronomy 6.4. Right? Deuteronomy 6.4, write it down, we can't read it. That was the greatest commandment. It's called the Shema. And it's, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy strength or might. That was the greatest commandment. Everybody knew. So the guy set a trap for Jesus because he wanted him to do either of two things. One, show him whether he knew or because they didn't know, the way they looked at it is who was your teacher. They didn't know who Jesus' teacher was. Just came at 12 in the synagogue and started dazzling everybody. Right? So was your teacher Nicodemus? Was your teacher, you know, you had a teacher and Nicodemus was the teacher of teachers. So everybody knew that the Shema was the greatest um, uh, commandment. So for him to ask Jesus, he either wanted to see if Jesus knew or to see if Jesus would say it was something else so that they would say it's heresy and carry him. So he said, Master, he said, what is the greatest commandment? Jesus finished him. Ah, Jesus is too much. Jesus said, he quoted Deuteronomy 6.4 for him. He said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart your soul, and with all your might. He said, however, the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor 
as yourself. Jesus added that one. So Jesus was saying to him, very simple. He said, Jesus was saying, we all know obviously that the Shema is the greatest commandment. But the Shema is useless if you do not love your neighbor as yourself. That any love you claim to love the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might, that doesn't translate into you loving your neighbor as yourself, is fake. Or fake. So Jesus was saying that you cannot claim to love God and be bad with people. I hear people in Christian saying, you know, I don't really like people. Who do you come and like? Your heart needs washing. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your heart needs cleansing. You cannot claim to love God and be bad with people. If we close at 11 today, it's Charles Ford. Not mine. And so, now let me explain the Shema to you so that you end, and then we can end here and continue in second service. The Shema was in Deuteronomy 6 from verse 3. And it was a, it was something that the Jews said that their maybe night prayers, and it was something that they told their children and said consistently. And it was simple. He said, here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Right? That's how he read in English. Here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Now, however, when the Jews said here, what they meant was here. Listen, understand, obey, and respond with action. So hearing is not complete until all those cycles are gone through. Listen, understand, obey, and correspond with what? Action. So here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Actually read, here, O Israel, there is only one God. Every other thing is subject to him. That was the commitment that the Jews had. That means, that's why if you see practicing Jews today, they have something they call a mezuzah. That mezuzah is put on the doorpost of their house. Right? As you come, you see the mezuzah on the doorpost of their house. And it reads, Here, O Israel, there is only one God. Which is why when the plague came in Egypt, he said, Go and sanctify the doorpost with the blood. Do you hear what I'm saying? Clean that doorpost and renew the covenant with the blood. When I see the mark of the blood, I will remember that you are mine and I will pass over you. So all these prayers that people are going around to pray, no, you just need to remind him or remind yourself that you are his by commitment. Remember we said the covenant is what? Secured by commitment. So he said, here, O Israel, then after they said that, they now went on to say, you shall love the Lord thy God with all thy soul. And I know a lot of people love God here. But let me say this, if it does not translate into the love of people, you have not finished it. And this is where, this is where the rubber hits the road, right? This is where you must understand how to treat people, 
how you deal with those who cannot give you anything. Or who cannot, who seemingly don't have an effect on what you benefit. Your ourselves, the security guards. The, you can't fake it. They know. You cannot fake it. And so what you need to do, and this is the moment of truth, right? I can close now. Or I should continue. Eh? I should continue. Okay. Okay, so I will keep the moment of truth to later. <laughs> yeah. Let me show you this. I think, I think for those of you who will be here, it's good. it's good. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, right? So, Hebrews 11, the evidence of things not seen, right? Now, have you noticed that Hebrews was read, written in a legal form, right? In a sovereignty kind of form. He was talking about cities and countries, and he was talking about jurisdiction and ownership. He was talking about a legal, about legal entities, Right? It was talking about cities and countries, jurisdictions and ownership, legal entities. Remember I said that uh, you shall, you prosper as your soul prospers. That's what the Bible says in 1 John, right? Right? So your soul is the seat of what? It's the seat of your intellect and your emotions, right? Your what? Intellect and your emotions. So your prosperity is limited by two things. Your capacity, which is in your intellect, Right? And your emotions, which is how you treat people, how you manage relationships, anger, love, all those things reflect on how you treat people, which means that you can be brilliant, very brilliant, and not go anywhere in life because of the way you treat people. And yet people say, you know, that's the way I am. Ah, you cannot be that way. I was explaining to one of my staff during the week. I said, this is why we can never be poor and we can never lack work. I said, understand this, look at this. We go into it with our hearts, right? Because our work is our worship, right? So we go into it with our hearts, totally. Totally. And they say, I don't like money in my office. I said, okay, it's not like I don't like money. It's just that I can never do anything for money, with money as the primary. We have been there, we have, we've seen it. When God told me, he said, no matter who cuts your check, I pay you because you are mine. It's over. Right? I said, we can never be poor because when we enter into an organization, we don't say, we, we never catch us saying, this is what you have paid us for. This is beyond scope. Never. You understand what I'm saying? Never. In fact, it's the one that is beyond scope we're looking for. We're asking what? How can we help you? Because most times clients don't understand what they want, right? So they, they, they hire you for this thing, but they have so many needs. So we say, how can we help you? By the time we are finished, we have brought out three other jobs there. And we are the ones telling you, no, no, maybe we should not do it. Maybe you should hire someone else to do it. They say, you will not do what? So far as the Lord that God has shown you, you, you will do it. That's what, that's what Pharaoh said. I told you, I said the first, sometimes you don't need to change what you are doing. You just need to change who you are doing it for. The first dream that Joseph interpreted was pro bono. The second one changed his life. You understand what I'm saying? But if it is who you are doing it for, you need to change. Then you need to be better with people. Because the person that will lead you to the palace may be the house girl. Like in the case of the general. 
Oh, he said, come on, get out. No. Let's preach a common sense message, right? If you are not good with people, you are going to truncate whatever success you experience now. You will end it. If you are good with people, by necessity, your success expands. Because someone will remember you and say, I'm my ogre. I mention your name. In a place that you've never, you never been to. You must understand this. And it's very key. Now, love, love, listen to this, I close with this, is the tool with which you secure faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. If you are going to achieve success through faith and not by corruption, you cannot do it without love in your heart. Do you hear what I'm saying? He said, the followers of them who through faith and patience obtain the promise. Right? He said, the just shall live by faith. You know what that statement means? That statement means that if you are going to be just living in a country like this or in any country in the world, the only way to live is by faith. If you are going to be just in acquiring the things you need in life, right, the only way you need to live is what? Is by faith. Every other way will be by corruption. That word just means to be innocent or truthful, right? So it says the innocent. If you are going to remain innocent, then you will have to do it by faith. Do you understand what I'm saying? Which is why I say faith is two things. It's a life force and a lifestyle. A life force in that is what we use to get things into our life. A lifestyle in that it is our reaction to things. Right? So love is the tool that you use to secure faith. God only speaks to lovers. Except you're a lover of humanity, God doesn't speak to you. Which means that you will pass by and you see people doing innovation. And you wonder, why didn't I think of that? You know why? Your heart is in the wrong place. So, ah, but I could have thought, you know, sometimes when I finish with the client, and that's the downside. They say it's so easy, we could have done it ourselves. I said, mm. I said, that means my job is done. Eh? Then I leave. They can't even do this thing I've taught them. I said, except you're walking by and you're just a bundle of love. Do you understand what I'm saying? Looking for how you can make the lives of people easier. You are not going to experience the best that God has for you. Rise up on your feet. I believe that there are transaction points in your journey on the earth. Transaction points. Points where the spirit, the divine divine meets the natural. And things happen in the spirit. Exchanges happen that now go and manifest. In the school of faith, we call those exchanges ownership being transferred. Right? And we need to reteach this thing, and that's why we're going around reteaching it. That is an error to expect that you can pray until something happens. You can't. You pray until ownership is transferred. That's the way of the Spirit. Do you understand what I'm saying? So faith is the substance of things hoped for, 
And we said substance means what? Certificate of ownership. So when you pray, right, ownership is transferred. After ownership is transferred, what do you do? You start to confess. And you start to say the same thing as God. You stop praying. You start to say the same thing as God. So is the kingdom of God as if a man should cast seed into the ground and go to sleep. He said the heart, which is the earth, knows what to do with the seed. It's already programmed to germinate that seed. Problem is that there are weeds in the heart that choke the seed. I want you to address your heart today with your, with your maker. David said, search me. Search me. Some of us have unconscious thought patterns that are blocking us. It just It's like a program running inside you and until you uninstall it, sends you back again. And you're wondering, why do I always get to this point and it's almost, almost, almost. And you need to be reset. I like you to take a journey down memory lane and say, Lord, touch my heart. If there's any place that's hard, <laughs> as a result of what people have done to me, heal it. Start the process of healing it today. This prayer will change your life. It will make you softer, but it will change your life. I don't want anybody looking around. Pray. Like I said, there are transaction moments. There are transaction moments on the earth. And this is one of them. Just like the moment where Abraham met Melchizedek and they exchanged bread and wine. There are those moments on the earth where heaven can meet the earth. It is only a loving heart that will learn how to innovate for people. I hear people be looking for love idea, uh, business ideas. They come to me and say, what's the business idea? You don't need a business idea. You need a loving heart. I don't even tell them anything because I don't want to stifle what God is doing. The business idea that is inside you, nobody, I has not seen it. Your heart just needs to come to the right place. The solutions that need to come out of you, ear has not heard it. Your heart just needs to come into the right place. Purify my heart. Let it be as gold. Precious silver. Purify my heart. Let it be as gold, pure gold, purify my heart. Let it be as gold. Don't get carried away. Don't get carried away. If you've heard anything today, just, just let the Lord walk in and through your heart today. Mandates will be received today. Then you live here and you go express yourself in the power and the might of God. But mandates 
will be received today. That's why the Bible says, that's why the Bible says every time Jesus came in touch, he said his heart was filled with compassion. Compassion drove the miracle. Compassion always drove the miracle. You need to see how it, you know, compassion drove the miracle. His heart, he put himself in their shoes and he says, oh, this woman has been, has been troubled for 38 years. Oh, God. Compassion drove the miracle. I say these words so that these words will also judge you as you go into the week. As you come in contact with people, allow these words come back to you. Allow these words check you. If you go into the same pattern, allow the words check you. Call yourself back consciously and say, my heart is rooted and grounded in love. I like you say to yourself, my heart is rooted and grounded in love. Ah, you're not paying attention. My heart is rooted and grounded in love. Listen, listen. This thing you're saying, that you're playing with, changed my life. Changed my income. Changed my relationships. Changed my understanding of the word of God. Brought me before kings. Say it again. My heart is rooted and grounded in love. I am complete with the content of God. Father, we thank you, Lord. We love you, Lord. We ask that you would touch our hearts. For those of us who are stunted as a result of hurt and pain, We ask that you will heal us in the name of Jesus. We receive mandates today as our hearts expand to cater to all nations. We enter into the Elohim dimension as the God of all flesh. And we say like you, we will serve all nations in the name of Jesus. Make the crooked places straight. Break in pieces the gates of bronze. Cut in sunder the bars of iron. In Jesus' name. Bible says so it was whenever the ark set forward that Moses said, Rise up, Lord, let your enemies be scattered. And let them that hate you flee before you. And when the ark came back, he said, Return, Lord to the whole multitude of Israel. Today, Lord, I declare, return, Lord, to the whole multitude of God's favorite house. In Jesus' name.